It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it to Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Welcome in. Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. Gary Clark on the other side of the glass today. Good morning, Gary. Good morning. All right. Good to see you. Your Bengals won. You're happy. Uh, yes, I am. After somebody told me they didn't think they would win over the weekend. Who would have said that? I have no idea. <sighs> I was preoccupied, I think, at the time. <laughs> you, I, I didn't really hear the question. Yeah, you were doing play-by-play for yeah. St. X, so that's really not fair. Yeah, it wasn't. You know, you put me on the spot. It didn't give me time to think about it. Congratulations, Bengal fans and Eagle fans and 49er fans and Chiefs fans. The final four is set in the NFL and it's hard to argue that these are not the best four teams in football. They are. Cincinnati's better than Buffalo. They proved it quite convincingly. Philadelphia was the number one seed. Kansas City was the number one seed in the AFC. Number two seed in the NFC was San Francisco. We found out last week Minnesota was a fraud. The Giants are still the Giants. Jacksonville still got a ways to go, although they did handle themselves very well in Kansas City, but the best four teams made it. That doesn't always happen, but here we are. should be a great conference championship game, uh, conference championship day next Sunday. Welcome in, Eminem Cartage sponsoring Spears on Sports, Monday, January 23rd. The Eminem Cartage hotline is open and will be for the entire hour today, 502-384-1450 if you'd like to Join in on the conversation, 384-1450, or you can hit me up, as you can always hit me up, on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. And don't forget, right now, you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit or a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant or a steak and egg burrito, along with any fountain drink, tea, fizz, freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app, register for Refreshing Rewards, and earn your free breakfast. Free is the key word there. Your free breakfast on Thornton's. And hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. I'm feeling much better. A little under the weather at the end of the week last week. Had a bad cough. The cough is still there occasionally. But, man, I don't know what my wife had. I don't know where she got this glorious prescription cough medication that I've never heard of. Black market, I'm guessing. But, man. It knocks me out, and the cough is going away rather quickly here. Rather quickly. Good stuff. Probably illegal. I don't know. I don't pay any attention to what she does. She's our own woman. She can make her own decisions. But she said, here, try this. Now, if anybody else said, here, try this, I'm, I'm skeptical. And maybe we've got good, she's got a good insurance policy on me. Here, try this. Maybe that's not what I should be listening to. But it worked. The system got crushed this weekend. Anybody that follows the show and listens to the system, the system had a great start. Home, non-ranked underdogs against ranked opponents. Oh, it was great. Not this weekend. Two wins this weekend. Oklahoma, who won by half a point, and uh, Oklahoma State, who was plus one when I made the pick, but they were favored when the game started by one. So I don't know if that one even counts. Overall, 
One, two, three, four, five, six losses in the system. And Tony Burke's other two were losses as well. So I'm going to stick with it. There's only one top 25 game tonight. That's Kansas and Baylor. Top two teams in the country lost this weekend. Kansas got run out of Lawrence uh, Allen Fieldhouse in Lawrence. They got run out out on their own home court by TCU. I mean, it was 30-something to 12 early. 83-60 was the final. And then yesterday, Houston at home in in, uh, an American Athletic Conference game, which they're not supposed to lose no matter where they play, lost to Temple 56-55. I guess when the new poll comes out any minute now, Purdue will be back in the number one spot. And Alabama, I'm guessing, will be number two. Alabama continues to impress me. Um, Kentucky, Indiana, good wins. I wouldn't call them great wins, although Indiana, Michigan State, they broke a three-game losing streak to the uh, Spartans. That's a nice victory. And now you, you go to Minnesota, you got Ohio State at home. Indiana's got a chance to really, really improve their resume and get their stockpile up to where they're going to be one of the top 16 seeds in the country. I was at uh, my favorite spot Saturday morning, and I noticed they were 50-1 to still to win the title. And look, do I think Indiana's going to win the title? No. Do I think they have a chance to win the title? Yes, absolutely. There are a lot of teams that you can throw in that category. Because as we've talked on, on this show many times, Tony and I talk about it, Ed and I talk about it, I don't know who's really, really good. Forget great. Throw great out the window. Nobody's great. I don't know who's really, really good. I think Purdue's really, really good. I think Houston, regardless of what happened yesterday, is really, really good. I think Alabama's really good. I still think Tennessee's really good. Kansas, I don't know about Kansas. Kansas is, was 8-0 in games decided by six points or less. They're now 8-2 in games decided by six points or less. No, that's not true. They're still 8-1 because they got beat by 23 at home. I don't believe in Kansas. I don't believe in UCLA. Maybe I should. Maybe that's East Coast bias on my part. But I don't believe in UCLA. Gonzaga, I don't believe in Gonzaga. Xavier, Texas, Virginia. You go through all of these top top 10 teams, I don't believe in many of them. And the belief that I have in Houston and Purdue and Tennessee is unstable belief. It's not, uh, it's not on a strong limb. It's on a weak limb. Alabama is probably the team I have the most faith in. And, uh, this, and this is not football. This is not football. All right, we start with Kentucky. Um, that's three wins in a row now. Cal under fire, you know. Don't uh, be mad at the players. Be mad at me. Okay, we'll be mad at you, said the fan base. If that's how you want it, no problem. We can be mad at you. They've won three straight since that embarrassing, and I mean embarrassing, loss at home to South Carolina. The win over Tennessee on the road was unexpected, and if you were those kids and that coach, a big sigh of relief. And then you beat Georgia, not impressive. 
Georgia may be better than we think. Texas A&M was 5-0 in the conference. They'd won seven straight games. And Kentucky was still a five-and-a-half point favorite in that game and covered at home, 76-67 being the final. First SEC loss for the Aggies. And Kentucky attempted their most three-point attempts with 33 since 2011. Say that again. Most three-point attempts for Kentucky since 2011. It's only the fourth time, I believe, in the Cal era where they've attempted 30 or more. Um, And they hit them. At least Antonio Reeves hit them. He was 5 of 11. 23 points for the grad transfer. He's a good player. He didn't just do it inside. The the running, I don't even want to call it a floater because he threw it hard off the glass there toward the end of the game that went in. That Cal was yelling no, 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 yes when it went in. It's impressive. Antonio Reeves impressive. Doesn't play a lot of defense. He's not out there to play defense. Uh, Jacob Toppin had 17, Wallace 11, C.J. Frederick 12. If C.J. Frederick gets those kind of looks on down the rest of this season, he's going to have a big final half of the year. He's going to have a big final half of the year. Because he was 2 for 10 from 3. Kentucky was 11 of 32. He was 2 for 10. And they were open looks. He did hit a big free throw line jumper toward the end of reg- end of the game as well to help out. It's obvious what the lineup is now. The lineup is Wallace, Frederick, Reeves, Toppin, and uh, Oscar Shibwe. And on the defensive end, take Reeves out, put C.J. Frederick in. Or not C.J. Frederick, excuse me, uh, Livingston, Chris Livingston. Put him in on the defensive end. That's the lineup. Uh, I'm sorry, Severe Wheeler. Wheeler got eight minutes uh, on Saturday. No points, no rebounds, two assists, one turnover. He is now an afterthought. He is. And you hope, look, I feel bad for him. Kaysen Wallace is a better player. C.J. Frederick, Antonio Reeves, Kaysen Wallace are all much, much, much better shooters. There is going to come a time when you're going to need Severe Wheeler to play well, and hopefully he will. Hopefully he can stay committed to the program, stay upbeat. It's hard. Here's a guy who started at Georgia every game he was there. Started at Kentucky every game last year. If not every game, almost every game, barring barring injuries. And here he is. He's not first off the bench. That's Reeves. He's not second off the bench. That's probably Lance Ware. He's not first guard off the bench. He's not quite behind uh, Aduciero yet, but that day may come. I hope he stays positive. And if you're Kentucky, you know if you're Cal, there's going to come a time where you're going to need a guy out there that can handle the ball and get it up the court with speed. And he's going to be necessary. Whether it's an injury, whether somebody gets in foul trouble, there's going to come a time when you're going to need him. 
and you hope he can respond because right now he's got to be down in the dumps. Oscar Sheboy, seven points, 17 rebounds. Didn't score till the second half. Now, give him credit for this. It was very frustrating. A&M was throwing guys at him left and right, but he still somehow managed to get 17 rebounds. Should he have been ejected from the game for that elbow he threw into the face of Marble? Yeah, he probably should have. I was surprised. And I think the uh, announcer on the game was surprised as well. Now, he did get fouled before he threw the elbow. As they're heading back up court, he's got the lead on Marble. Marble grabs his arm, kind of just trying to slow him down. Look, you're not going to beat me down the court. But the response of an elbow to the face will normally get you kicked out of the game. It's a flagrant two. He got away with a flagrant one there. And if he's not in there getting those rebounds in the last five minutes, seven minutes of the game, that's trouble. That may have been trouble for Kentucky. Marble got a flagrant one as well for pushing him on down the court later. Uh, But he could have got kicked out, probably should have got kicked out. Cats caught a break there. Kentucky shot 40.3%, Texas A&M 49%. Again, 11 of 32 from three. A&M only hit three out of 16. Kentucky was 11 of 17 at the free throw line. Not great. Texas A&M, 16 for 16 at the free throw line. Uh, The rebounds, which usually go Kentucky's way, did as well. Cats 38, Aggies 31. Kentucky only committed 11 turnovers. If you can get through the game without severe Wheeler playing and commit 10 or fewer turnovers, in this case 11, not too bad, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Now you got Vanderbilt on the road. Vandy's going to be missing a couple of guys here with injuries. It's a game you should win. The Commodores are 10-9. and It's one of those late-night SEC Network games, 9 o'clock on Tuesday. Hate those, and you especially hate them on the road. But this is a team you should beat. Period. You lose this game on Wednesday, it is definitely a step in the wrong direction. Right now, baby steps in the right direction. Big, huge, gigantic leap when you beat Tennessee on the road. Then a baby step win against Georgia, a game you could have lost. A baby step win against A&M, close to the last few minutes. Now you need another baby step. It doesn't matter what you beat Vanderbilt by. When when the committee talks about quad two wins, quad one wins, it's not quad one wins by 35 or quad one wins by three. It's just quad one wins. The quad four loss to South Carolina is a killer. That is going to cost you one or two spots on the seed line come March. When the committee's in that room and they're going over all of this data, what sticks out? Quad one wins, which they have won over Tennessee. Quad four losses, which they have won at home against South Carolina. That's Those are the numbers they're looking at. The win over Tennessee helps immensely if you can keep winning now. But the loss to South Carolina at home is a killer. 
And I heard this today. When you're, when you're starting to talk, and look, we're almost to February, so I guess we can start talking about seeding in the NCAA tournament, or right now getting into the NCAA tournament. If you're Kentucky, you don't want to be, believe it or not, you're not, first of all, you're not going to be a one seed. You've already lost too many games for that. You would rather be a five seed than a two seed. It sounds crazy. I know. But if you're a two seed, there's no chance that you're going to be in the regional in Louisville. There's no chance. If you're a five seed, there's a one in four chance that you're going to be in Louisville's regionals. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but the NCAA looks at those top four seeds in each each uh, each uh, east, west, southeast, and whatever the other one is, south, whatever it is. They look at each of the top four seeds from a geographical standpoint because the assumption is those top four seeds in each region, is what I'm trying to say, are going to go to the regional turn, part, portion of the tournament. So we look at where. After that, we don't. We don't care. doesn't matter. We just bracket them as how they fall in our list of five, six, seven, eight, nine, based on A, we don't want conference versus conference in the first couple of rounds, and other than that, ge- geography does not matter once you get to the five seed. But if Kentucky's a four seed, they're not coming to Louisville because they do look at geography, and they're not going to let the four seed have an advantage over the one seed. In other words, let's say uh, Kansas, well, Kansas would go to Kansas City. Let's just say Purdue is the number one seed in the Louisville Regional. They're not going to let Kentucky be the number four seed because it's a geographical advantage for Kentucky to play Purdue at the Yum Center. But if it's a, they're a five seed, that doesn't matter because the assumption by the NCAA is the four seed is better, going to beat the five seed, so Kentucky's not going to Louisville anyway. I know it's confusing, sounds ridiculous, but Kentucky would be better off being a five seed than a two seed. Right now, you'd be happy if you're an eight seed or a six or a seven. You just want to get in the tournament for Kentucky right now. All right, let's take a break. Indiana with a big win yesterday. We'll uh, recap what happened in the NFL playoffs over the weekend and look ahead to tonight's slate of college basketball. It's not a big one, but we'll look at it anyway. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. You can reach the the show or the throw. It doesn't matter. You can reach the show by phone if you'd like to on the Eminem Cartage hotline. Tell me what uh, impressed you this weekend, what you didn't like this weekend. 502-384-1450 if you'd like to do that. Or you can just use the Thornton's text line. Hit me up at that one. 502-414-1450. Texter says, games at Vandy are always a bit weird. Ken Palm basically had it as a pick 'em win tomorrow, set up a massive game Saturday. Yeah, Saturday the Kansas Jayhawks come to uh, Rupp Arena. That'll be fun. But you got to beat Vandy first. 
The Vandy game is more important than the Kansas game because a loss to Vandy is worse than a win over Kansas at home is good, if that's uh, understandable. Liam Robbins, by the way, is the Vandy player that is uh, out for Wednesday's game. He leads them in scoring and rebounding. So uh, break for the Cats. Sometimes it's when you play teams. It is. Sometimes it's when you play them. When, when did we play them? Well, their best player was out. Well, that's too bad for them. Uh, the AP poll is out. I was right. Purdue is up two spots to number one again. Alabama moves up two spots to number two. Houston drops to three. They drop out of the top spot. Kansas drops seven spots to number nine. Now, that was a brutal national TV loss Saturday to um, TCU in Lawrence. Tennessee is fourth. They moved up five spots. Kansas State is uh, up to number five. Arizona six, Virginia seven. Then you got UCLA, who's down three spots to to uh, eight. Kansas at nine, and Texas down three spots to ten. Uh, followed by TCU, Iowa State, Xavier, Gonzaga drops eight spots from six to fourteen after their uh, home loss this past week in the West Coast Conference. Uh, Auburn is 15, followed by Marquette. Baylor, Charleston, still with one loss, stays 18th. UConn, Miami, even though they lost to Duke, is 20th. The last five in the AP Top 25, Florida Atlantic, St. Mary's, Providence, Clemson, and the New Mexico Lobos, and Richard Pitino. They will play tonight, by the way. Uh, by the way, can, uh, Indiana is in the category others receiving votes. I've lost them, but I know they're there. They are in others receiving votes. Uh, they are second in others receiving votes. So, yeah, there it is. They got 61 votes. Duke would be 26th in the country if they stretched it out. Indiana would be 27th in Kentucky. Actually got three votes this week. So they're back into the others receiving votes category. Indiana, by the way, impressive again here. Uh, 82-69 over Michigan State. I hope they're not rushing Race Thompson back. And that's the fear here. Look, you're going to get in the tournament. You're going to need Race Thompson. He played yesterday. I didn't think he was going to get him back at the end of the game, but Toward the end, Indiana had a couple of guys foul out. So they sort of were forced to put him back in. He only played four minutes. Um, I know you go through the pregame, and he's a game-time decision, and he's got the knee brace on. And Take your time here. It is January 23rd. You're going to need this dude in a month when the Big Ten tournament's underway or, or a month and a half when the NCAA tournament's underway. I didn't like that. Um, look, the medical personnel said he could go. I guess he can go. Indiana stops a three-game losing streak to, to Michigan State. Trace Jackson Davis, the 40th, his 40th career double-double. That's impressive. 31 points, 15 rebounds, four assists. I think he blocked five shots as well. Best player on the floor, and it wasn't close. Galloway had 17. Trey Galloway, I've, I've said this before, E-me, I was wrong. He's a lot better than I thought. 
Uh, he hit three of three from deep. Indiana, by the way, was nine of 15 from three-point land. Nine out of 15. That will win you a lot of games. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis, 10 of 20 field goals, 11 of 13 at the line. In fact, Indiana, it's been a bugaboo free throws all season long. They were 21 out of 24 yesterday. So three-point shooting, they've struggled at times. Nine of 15 yesterday, including five of six off the bench from Tamar Bates. Free throws, they've struggled a number of times, especially in losses, 21 of 24 yesterday. And defensively, they have struggled. And when they when they patched up the defense, that's when they became really, really good again. Because they gave up in that three-game losing streak earlier, 84 or more points all three games. Michigan State got 69 yesterday. A hard-fought 69. And early, Joey Hauser looked like he was going to score 40. He finished with 22. He looked like he was going to score 40. Galloway, I mentioned, had 17. Bates, 17 off the bench. Malik Renew had six points and five rebounds off the bench. Uh, I don't know what to think of Miller Cop. He had one field goal. It was a baseline running dunk. Two points, two rebounds, two assists. Played 31 minutes. He's not a great defender. Now, look, if Bates and Renew play better off the bench, okay. I'm not going to argue. If they play better off the bench, then fine. Bring them off the bench. Geronimo had a couple of great games the last two times out um, against Illinois, Wisconsin. He had five points, two rebounds. Didn't do a whole lot. Was in foul trouble most of the day. Fouled out. Only played 12 minutes. He's sort of a key to this team. Hood Shafino, you know, one of six, had a bad game. He just had a bad game, and they still won by 13. But Galloway and Bates were the two guys that helped Trace Jackson Davis. I've said this all season. He is an All-American. He's going to get what he gets. Who's going to help him? Xavier Johnson's hurt. Out probably for the rest of the regular season, if not longer. Race Thompson, hurt. Slowly getting back. Maybe you'll have him 100% effective by the time you reach mid-February. Hopefully there are no setbacks. So with those two guys out, or not 100%, who's going to be, who who are the two guys? you got to have two other guys each game. Yesterday it was Galloway and Bates. It's not going to be Galloway and Bates every every game. It's just not. I thought it was going to be Hood Shafino every game. He reminded us yesterday that he's a freshman. Two points, two rebounds, three assists, uh, two turnovers. Played 25 minutes. He he's not he's going to be great some nights, but like all freshmen, he's going to be. Not great some nights. Geronimo, if if I had if I'm a gambler, what I mean if if I'm putting money on each game, who's gonna be the top two guys other than Trace Jackson Davis? Right now I'm taking Hood Shafino and Geronimo. But it doesn't matter who the two guys are. If Jackson Davis, who had 31, 15, and 4 yesterday, 
along with five block shots. Five of the of the of his uh, fifteen rebounds were on the offensive end. If he's going to do that, I just need a little help from a couple of guys, and it doesn't have to be Geronimo and uh, Huchifino every night. They proved that yesterday. I'd like it to be those guys. I'd feel more comfortable if those guys were good every night, and they don't have to score twenty. But if each one of those guys gave me 13 points and, and Huchifino gave me six assists and Geronimo gave me six rebounds, I feel pretty good about my chances of winning. Get a little bit out of Cop, get a little bit out of Galloway, get a little some, get some out of Bates off the bench, out of Renew off the bench, get, get a little something. I'm good with that. I'm going to win a lot of games with those guys. Indiana shot 47.3%. Michigan State, 43.4%. Again, Last three games, Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan State, defense has been exceptional. Exceptional. Uh, Michigan State missed nine of their 28 free throws. They missed 10 of their 14 three-pointers. How you out-rebounded the Sparty, the Spartans, 32-30. to Now you go to Minnesota on Wednesday. Again, here we go. I say this, and and look, sometimes it's not true, all right? Sometimes the team you play is really, really bad. But when you go on the road in the conference, it's never easy. Kentucky at Vanderbilt, it's not going to be easy. I don't care how bad Vanderbilt is. I don't care that they're missing their leading score, leading rebounder. It is a road game in conference. Same thing for Indiana Wednesday night, 9 o'clock. Another late-night Big Ten Network game on the road at Minnesota. Minnesota is 7-11. They're 1-7 in the Big Ten. They stink. Easy. They stink. It's, it's quick analysis. They're terrible. you got to win these games if you're Indiana. It's not going to be easy because you're at the barn. they got that elevated floor. Mike Woodson's going to have to take his six foot nine frame and sit on a little stool up on the elevated floor. Never fun. You better bring your game because if you don't, you'll be looking at up 10 minutes to go and you'll be in a dogfight with Minnesota. Knock them out early. Knock them out early. Uh, tough Saturday for Bellarmine, by the way. My nights. Uh, lost at Lipscomb down in Nashville, 69-49. So the Knights are now 9-12 and overall. They do return home this Thursday. They had a good win Thursday night uh, on the road down at Austin P. But uh, tough one uh, Saturday down in Nashville. All right, some of these system losses for me over the weekend. Alabama 85, Missouri 64. Uh, Alabama was a single-digit favorite there. They win by 21 they're 17-2 and two now. They just moved up to number two in the AP poll. If you said, hey, John, here's 50 bucks. Go put it on one team to win the title. I'm putting it on Alabama right now. Things will change. Things change drastically between January 23rd and March 1st. I can promise you that. They do every year. But right now, Alabama, Alabama, you know, Houston lost their uh, second game yesterday. Alabama was the first team to beat them. Remember that? 
Did we forget about that? Arizona knocked off UCLA. 11th-ranked Arizona beat 5th-ranked UCLA, 58-52. That game was uh, at Arizona, so not part of the system. Uh, system games, Texas beat West Virginia 69-61 to on the road. Xavier beat Georgetown 95-82 on the road, but did not cover. The uh, six-pack, by the way, 1-5 one and, one and for the weekend. Thank you, 49ers. I was nothing out of five going into that game. Thank you, Niners, for giving me a winner. Uh, I said take Xavier and give the points against Georgetown. Xavier scored 95. I would have thought that would have been enough. Spread was 16 and a half. They win by 13. Tennessee over LSU, 77-56 in Baton Rouge. So LSU was a loser in the system. Virginia beat Wake, 76-67 down on Tobacco Roads. Wake Forest was a three-point underdog. They don't cover. I mean, it was it was brutal loss after brutal loss in the system. Auburn, 81, South Carolina, 66. I was getting 12 and a half there. Not enough. Another loss in the system. Marquette over Seton Hall, 74-53. Seton Hall had just been a system winner against Connecticut, now a system loser as Marquette and Shaka Smart knock off the Pirates by 21. And the only winner, Baylor beats Oklahoma uh, at Oklahoma, 62-60. I was getting two and a half. Thank you, half. Uh, crazy. Kansas and Baylor tonight, it's not a system game because both teams are ranked. I think Baylor's still ranked. Uh, Baylor is a two-point favorite at home against Kansas. Baylor, by the way, is coming off a win. Uh, Did they win on Saturday? Let's see, 21st-ranked Baylor. Yeah, they beat Oklahoma. Yeah, just said it, 62-60. So they're back at home. Um Against the Kansas team, got to be reeling a little bit. They got to be reeling a little bit. A couple of bad losses here lately. One one of which was at home. The loss to Kansas State on the road, uh, and then the loss at home to TCU. ESPN nine o'clock game. Duke and Virginia Tech is the early game tonight uh, at Virginia Tech. Believe it or not, the Hokies are a slight favorite over the Blue Devils, who are still unranked. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Rehash what happened in the NFL over the weekend. You're listening to Spears on Sports. Presented by Eminem Cartage. I'm waiting for the music. Right here on the big end. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Final segment. Thornton's text line is uh, open, 502-414-1450. Get your text into that show, into that number, into this show, at that number. Easy for me to say. 502-414-1450. Or you can hit me up on the Eminem Cartage hotline, 502-384-1450, if you'd like to join in on the conversation today. Some uh, ESPN... NBA breaking news from ESPN. Sources are saying the Washington Wizards are in advanced trade talks to send forward Rui Hachimura to the Los Angeles Lakers. Hachimura, the Gonzaga grad, averaging 13 points, four and a half rebounds a game for the Wizards. Uh, Washington tried to sign him to uh, an extension after his rookie 
His rookie contract uh, is up at the end of the year. That did not work out. They're going to stick with Kyle Kuzma, so he's on the market, and the Lakers allegedly going to send three number two picks, second-round picks, to the Wizards to get Hachimura. Lakers, by the way, have won a couple in a row. They beat Memphis. Uh, I wrote it down. Let's see what night that was. They beat Memphis Friday night, 122-121, coming from behind win. Um, it, it got crazy at the Staples Center, or whatever they call that place now, because Shannon Sharp was at the game, big Laker fan. He's at the game, and he gets into heated discussion with a couple of of uh, Memphis players, including Dylan Brooks and Steven Adams. And they're, they're getting ready to throw down. And then John Morant's dad gets involved. I don't know who wins a fight between Steven Adams and Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp's in his 40s, mid-40s. Uh, Steven Adams, taller, not thicker, but probably close to being as thick as Shannon Sharp. And he's in his late 20s, early 30s. That would have been a nice little pay-per-view. Steven Adams against Shannon Sharp. But look. What are you doing if you're Shannon Sharp? You're yelling at at uh, players on the, the opposing team. Be a fan. I get it. You know, having fun, but you don't challenge them to come over and and fight you. What are you doing? By the way, the Lakers last night were down twenty five, came back and beat Portland one twenty one to one twelve. They're I don't want to say they're putting it together but they're playing better. They're still out of the playoff hunt as we speak, but we got a long way to go. And Hachimura, you know, maybe he's a good addition to that team. You know, Russ, we thought Russell Westbrook was going to be a good addition a couple years ago. That didn't work out. All right, two games in the top 25 tonight. Now that New Mexico is ranked again, uh, New Mexico 25th in the country on the road at Nevada tonight. Not a system game because it's not at one of the uh, big six power conferences. So, doesn't count. And it is on TV, late night. I think CBS Sports Network. Enjoy that if you if you uh, are so inclined. All right, NFL yesterday. Well, let's start with Saturday. Kansas City 27, Jacksonville 20. Fun game. Jacksonville, I give them a lot of credit for hanging in there. They, they came back and beat the Chargers last week from down 27. To nothing. Patrick Mahomes' ankle is the biggest issue of the day here because this is a high ankle sprain. And anybody that has had a high ankle sprain knows it's almost worse than a broken bone. It is definitely a lot worse than a regular sprained ankle. And look, I, I know they retaped him. I'm sure they shot him up a little bit. As this week goes on, this thing's not going to get better. If it's a high ankle sprain, if that's what it is, it's not getting better. Those things take a long time to heal. Uh, The spread of this game started at three. Kansas City is a three-point favorite. It's down to one already. So there's a lot of early money on the Bengals. And I don't know if that means... Patrick Mahomes is questionable to play in this game. I don't know if it means 
the betters believe that he's going to not be able to scramble. So a Patrick Mahomes that is a pocket passer is a lot less dangerous than a Patrick Mahomes who can get out on the edge and look downfield. But Vegas knows, as I say all the time, and this spread is going the wrong way if you're Kansas City. Chad Henney came in, and the one series that uh, Mahomes could not play was 5 of 7, 23 yards and a touchdown, drove his team 98 yards. Mahomes did finish 22 of 30, 195, two touchdowns. Uh, Travis Kelsey, 14 catches, 98 yards, two touchdowns. Jacksonville was the worst team in the league against tight ends during the season. We should have seen this coming because now you're playing maybe the best tight end in the game of football. And he he showed it. 14 catches, 17 targets, 14 catches. So Mahomes and Henny knew who to throw the ball to against the Jacksonville defense. Trevor Lawrence, 24 of 39, a touchdown and a pick. Again, his future is very, very bright. And this Jacksonville team's future, they're young. Doug Peterson changed the culture when he took over this year, replacing uh, Urban Meyer from last year. That was a that was a train wreck, and Peterson said as much. There was, I had to get these guys' confidence back, get them believing in themselves because that previous staff did not do me any favors. Early dark horse next year, Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, so now the uh, Chiefs await the Bengals. As uh, Todd Father just texted me, who day? Heard a lot of who day. Heard a lot of who day in the uh, Kansas City or in the uh, Buffalo stand yesterday, by the way. Heard a lot of who day. A lot of Bengals fans got in in Buffalo. Hard to believe, but yeah, they did. And they'll get in in Kansas City, I'm guessing, too. Uh, Bengals 27 to 10. So that sets up a the second game, by the way. On Sunday, the late game will be Bengals-Chiefs, 6.30 on CBS. And as I mentioned, Kansas City's a one-point favorite. Uh, no neutral site game. I think this is good. Had had Buffalo won yesterday, we were going to get Buffalo-Kansas City in Atlanta. And the NFL, believe it or not, was going to take the pulse on what it would be like to have conference championship games at neutral sites. Super Bowl site is picked well in advance, right? Rams actually got to play on their home field last year. So it's supposed to be a neutral field for the Super Bowl. Let's don't go down this rabbit hole. Well, what if we made the championship games neutral sites? I don't like it. And I'm glad that the NFL doesn't have a chance now to gauge what that would be like. They're all about making money. And if Atlanta's going to give them a billion dollars to bring in the Bengals and the or, or the Bills and the Chiefs, they would have gladly take it. I'm glad that's not happening. Joe Burrow, he gets better every game. He is as cool as the other side of the pillow, pillow as Stuart Scott used to say. 23 of 36, 242 yards, two touchdowns in an absolute – I don't want to say snowstorm, but those were hev- those were big flakes, man. And he did not throw a bad pass, and his guys caught everything. Joe Mixon, 20 carries, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Josh Allen was 25 of 42, 265 through a pick. 
the, the shocking part of this game, shocking, was that the offensive line of the Bengals and the defensive line of the Bengals dominated this game. We certainly thought it was going to go the other way on both ends of the spectrum. Bengals were without starters on the offensive line. Joe Burrow barely got touched yesterday. And the Bengal defensive line dominated Buffalo's offensive line. Bill's got to look in the mirror here because this this was supposed to be the year. Remember? Favors to win the Super Bowl in the preseason. This was supposed to be the year. Now you got Bengals at Chiefs on Sunday. I couldn't be happier. Philadelphia, Saturday night, beats uh, beats down the Giants 38-7. to Eagles win all three against the Giants this year. Giants are a great story. Brian Dable, coach of the year, question mark, maybe. Uh, Saquon Barkley, 100% healthy. Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, he's the quarterback of the future here. Well, hold the phone. Maybe not. Giants, great story, but they were humbled by the Eagles. Jalen Hurts, 16 of 24, two touchdowns, 154 yards. He didn't have to throw it because Gainwell and uh, Sanders combined to rush for 202 yards. Danny Dimes was 15 of 27, 135, an interception. And now the Giants have a decision to make. Do we franchise tag him or do we sign him to a long-term deal? After that game, they're going to franchise him. They just are. Eagles back in the championship game in the NFC. They'll take on the 49ers, San Francisco 19 to 12 over Dallas. Cowboys lose Tony Pollard late in that first half with a broken leg. That didn't help. Um... Brett Maher had another extra point. Well, he, he it was blocked. He was going to miss it. When they showed the angle, that was going 10 yards to the left. Uh, seventh straight divisional round loss for Dallas. Not seven straight years, but seventh straight time they've been in the divisional round they've lost. They haven't been to the conference championship since 1995. Jerry Jones is 80. He is dying for another title. Uh, literally. Rock Purdy, he was okay. 19 of 29, 214, the big number. He didn't turn the ball over. George Kittle, five catches, 95 yards. Uh, Dak Prescott, 23 of 37, 206 yards, touchdown, two interceptions. I have no idea, absolutely no idea what Dallas was doing on their last play of the game when they had Ezekiel Elliott play center. No idea. And by the way, he got crushed. In practice, nobody crushed him in that that play. He got crushed. So now it's set for next Sunday. San Francisco at Philadelphia, 3 o'clock. The Eagles, two-and-a-half-point favorites. That game's on Fox and Bengals Chiefs, 630 on CBS. The Chiefs right now, one-point favorite. Now the big, big story this whole week is going to be the health and the uh, ability of Patrick Mahomes to play on Sunday. That's the that's the question mark. I mean that that whole game is all about does Mahomes play. Texture tells me Shannon Sharp would have taken the beat down. Steven Adams jabs about seven feet long. Stick and move. Thanks for listening. Back tomorrow. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.